Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome back to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I am joined by Jamie Getgood. Uh, he has been awarded the Australian Leader of the Year Award, as well as Australian Excellence Award. Um, Jamie travels the globe as an international keynote speaker to share his people-focused approaches that have transformed the many organizations he's worked in. Now, I want to share with you a little bit about his background because he has accomplished some amazing things, and there's a reason why he's here today on the show. So we're going to get to his burnout story, but listen to this first. With General Motors Holden closing its manufacturing operations in Australia, he took on the leadership of the closure of the automotive industry, oscillating the focus around culture, people leadership, change management, and employee engagement principles. Through his approach, he and his team transformed GM Holden from a bottom quartile performer to one of the best General Motors quality plants in the world during the last eight months of its existence. Shortly after the successful hold enclosure and transition program, Jamie established Get Good Consulting and the People Shift, which quickly grew to a highly sought after HR service provider consulting companies across Australia and Asia Pacific. Jamie is now the chief people officer for Team Recruit, which is a premier staffing provider for large corporations in the healthcare and tech industries in America. And I know we have a lot of people from healthcare and tech listening because there's a lot of burnout in those industries. Team Recruit goes above and beyond in providing efficient, contingent staffing solutions, driving client and candidate affinity in every placement. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sharon. It's a pleasure. So- so I know we talked a lot in your in your background about Australia, but where are you nowadays? So I'm I'm traveling a little bit. So I'm currently in Australia. So, uh, but aiming to be back in California in a couple of months. Okay, so you're moving around. <laughs> yeah, moving around. I, I think last time we spoke, though, you were you were in. What was it? Singapore or something like the Philippines. that? Philippines. Yes. Yeah. So I've got family in America and the Philippines. So it sort of means there's a lot of travel between the three. Okay. So you're all over the place. Um, so Jamie, you obviously worked in a very high stress industry previously. And 
tell us a little bit about what happened as you were working there that led you to burnout. Yeah, so you mentioned a little bit of my story in my in the introduction. So I was uh, director of HR for General Motors in Australia, um, and in my career, I've got twenty plus years of you know leading HR teams um, in Australia. But the the General Motors story is the one that sort of was the moment that I had my burnout. And long story short, we were when I joined the organisation, we weren't performing. We were a command and control style uh, leadership team. And we weren't getting the results because people, the people engagement scores weren't there. We, we were mistreating people. We weren't communicating well. And there were lots of factors. Um, so we went on a journey of, and thankfully I had a great, you know, man, man, executive director of manufacturing. I had some great leaders that were wanting to change the culture. So we went on this journey, and I won't talk about that today, of changing the culture and how we led um, which was a, an effort in itself and the business turned. But because of the economic factors in Australia at that time, the automotive industry was struggling. And uh, General Motors, Ford and Toyota all announced around the same time that it didn't make sense to build cars in Australia. So the whole industry closed, not just us, the whole industry. So I then got involved in the closure program and transition program for General Motors, but also uh, sat on task force to help the whole supply chain and the industry close. So the, the estimate is somewhere between fifty to 100,000 people were impacted by this closure. So a huge project. Um, so taking the lead on that started to put a bit of a strain. Um, now, we, we had a real desire to take care of our people and we, you know, we researched and created a world-class transition program. We did some incredible things and that's why I won some awards. But um, the reality was it was a huge burden on myself and I, I ended up on the outside looking like everything was okay, but I was working long hours. Um, I wasn't because of my own pride and ego at the time. Um, I wasn't telling anyone how I was feeling. I probably wasn't present when I was at home. And I started realising at one point, unfortunately a little late, that I wasn't coping with the the expectation and the volume of work and then trying to be a good dad but probably not being as present as I should have been and um, and a husband at the time. And that then led to at that same time a, a divorce at the same time all of this stuff was happening. And I just got to a point where I was I felt like all I was doing was working. You know, I'd get home and I was working and I'd go to work and I'd work and it, it life was crazy trying to make sure that everyone was taken care of and I got to a point um, probably in around 2017 towards the end right where around the time we were actually closing the facility that I just couldn't handle things anymore um, my marriage had truly had finished then and um, I was having issues you know outside of work and as well as trying to juggle this workload and I just got to a point where I just didn't want to do it anymore. And it really, it was just this true fatigue, this, you know, and it wasn't just the fatigue, in fact. It was, you know, I, I carried imposter syndrome because, I, you know, I, I thought, man, I've got this monster of a project and am I good enough? And 
I had all this weight of expectation. So there's, it wasn't just the fact that I was working so much. It's just the, the responsibility I was carrying. So I got to a point where it, life was pretty tough. And when I was at my lowest point, there were some things I had to do to try and pull myself out of that. Um, and luckily I had the right people in my camp. I had some people that were there who saw some of the signs and were there, you know, just doing coffee catch-ups and just talking about life. And, and, and one of it was, you know, the pastor of the church that I go to and he, he really brought me on a journey and, and talked to me regularly and, um, you know, told me how I really am and not, you know, how I was viewing myself at the time. Um, so having the right people in my camp was absolutely a crucial part of that. Um, and it also then made me realise that I had to stop bottling everything in. I had to start actually opening up and getting the stuff out of my chest because because that was part of the issue. I was I had fatigue. Um, I was working so much, but then I'm not telling anyone about my problems. And and guess guess what? You know, I, my my boss at General Motors, who was incredible, um, he would have done anything to support me on this journey, but I didn't talk to him. Um, he didn't know I was going through a divorce through that time. He, you know, and you know, we've we've spoken since, and he he actually feels like he failed because he couldn't help me on the journey. Now that he knows what I was going through, but it wasn't his his fault. I I just shut up and bottled everything in. So it's a it's an interesting journey. Yeah, and I'm hearing different uh, little nuggets, and so I wanna I wanna kind of circle back and ask you about yes. these things. Please do. So there's there's this part of you that's working long hours and is just exhausted because <clears throat> you're out of balance, right? And yep. You get, you get to the point where you go home and you just have nothing left to give. And so you're saying, as a dad, I'm not present. As a husband, I'm not present. And then it kind of falls apart. So there's that. There's the doer kind of mentality of like, just pour everything you got into the work. Yeah. And then there's the whole other piece that is around the imposter syndrome, the bottling your emotions up. And I'm curious, when you think about each one of those things, where did the idea that you have to work as hard as you do come from? And where did the idea that you can't share your feelings with other people come from? Yeah, I think, you know, I've reflected on this numerous times. And and I think I don't think there was anything negative in my life that caused me to feel that way. But you know, I, I had a, a role model. You know, my dad, who was an incredible role model, he had a, such an incredible work ethic, and and I think I saw him work a lot. I saw him. You know, he was a, a leader in the church whilst doing a full time job as well, and um, and I just saw him always busy. So I think that was just just growing up, and 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 whilst he's an incredible dad and incredible parents, I think I just built this work ethic that, you know, you've got to put in hard yards for your family. Um, but it's that balance that I've now learned that, and unfortunately it's too late because I'm still repairing the damage, um, that 
it has to be a balance between putting the effort in to support your family, but also being there for your family. Yes. Oh, can you say that again? Yeah, it, it is a balance between just investing time and effort to support your family, but making sure that that doesn't cross over, that your family suffers from that. Because at the end of the day, we work for our family. And you know what? We can work, work less hours and less time and spend more time with our family and have probably a richer life from a, a well-being and a, and a heart point of view than any dollar is going to give you. And again, um, I would love to change some things in the past, but I can't. And I appreciate you saying that because, listen, when you grow up and you see that modeled for you, then, you know, you admired your dad. And so you took that same notion on and you had to live your own life experience to get to where you are today. But the beauty of the story, I think, is that you've learned this lesson and you're here to share it with other people. And I think this is such an amazing wake up call. If you're listening to this and you're in that situation where you're a doer and you're spending so much time at work that you really don't have any more energy when you get home. And it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, you know, this concept where we're so focused on making money that we forget that money is a tool and the idea is that it's supposed to buy us back our time so that we can have a life, right? And it's like the whole notion of do you work to live or do you live to work, right? Sometimes lose sight of what's important and why we do what we do. So I love that you're reminding people about the importance of balance and always coming back to the why. Why do we do this? Like if you're there, if you're doing, if you're working as hard as you are to support your family, then obviously your family is important. We need to also invest time, not just, yeah, resources and that. So, so that's really important. Um, and what about this idea about not being able to really share your feelings? Was that something that you also saw from your family? Look, I don't, I, I don't know if that came through my family or whether it was just. Um, an image I'd built in my head over many years that um, I'm the man of the house and I need to be responsible, you know, and, and, and I have to be strong so I can't show emotion. So, you know, I want my kids to see me as this upright man and, um, you know, and, and I put up with, you know, a lot over a number of years um, in, in which I reflect on now in, in my previous relationship. And um, whilst I, I wouldn't change any of that, um, I, I probably didn't speak up early enough because I just wanted everything to look rosy. So I, I don't know if it was, and as I mentioned before, I think I had a level of ego and pride um, that I had to be seen to be great at everything. And, and where that comes from, I'm not sure. There's probably some dark hidden secret in my head somewhere from a, kid, from a child. I'm not sure. Um, but I think on top of all of that, I've had this, desire to always be help, helping someone. So, um, and I've learned, I never learned to say no. Um, and I got to a point and, and, and I don't know if what the psychological side of it is behind all of this, but um, I invested, I, I felt like that if I didn't put in the effort, everyone was going to struggle, you know, getting, mm. getting a new job when we closed. And, um, in, and even today, you know, I'm conscious now at least that, you know, people go, oh, I've, I've got this resume, can you help out? And, and I'm, my first reaction is yes, absolutely. 
So I ended up investing my time helping everyone around me and then I forget about, well, actually you've got to invest time in yourself and sometimes you've got to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you really have this combination personality of being a doer, somebody who works many, many hours and pours all of your resources into accomplishing tasks and, you know, doing more, more, more. And this pleaser personality, which is what I call the feeler, which is somebody who cares so much about other people that you don't have boundaries in place and you say yes to all of their requests simply because they ask, always coming from the heart and wanting to help, right? But again, it's like not being mindful of when I say yes to this person, what am I saying no to? And often that is me and my family, which are the people that should be top of the list, right? Yeah. And then we end up being bottom of the list. This is such a common phenomenon, right? That I'm so glad that we're talking about it because I think there's so many people out there that struggle with this. There are so many people out there that can't say no, that feel uncomfortable, feel guilty, like it's selfish, right? Or just truly care so much that they want to help. So what would you say to somebody who is that heartfelt, who wants to help, but like, how can they do that? How can they be out there and take care of other people without burning out in the process? Yeah. It's funny because one of the things I did when I was coming out of my, my burnout situation was I started getting actually talking to a psychologist initially and then a, a psychotherapist. And it was the psychotherapist actually that challenged me on, he, he said, I've been listening to you for six months now and I don't ever hear you say anything selfish. It's always about other people. He says, you are selfless and it's actually damaging you. And, and so, so I say that on purpose because um, it got me to reflect on this exact question. And I'm going, we've all heard that we've all heard the scenario, you know, when you go on a plane and there's an emergency, you put your air on first before you put it on your kids, right? Right. And we've all heard that analogy that, you know, you've got to take care of you so you can help others. Yes. Um, I, but I want to take that further that um, as a leader in the business, and this is what I've learned, is someone's got to install that oxygen system. Right. We always talk about putting air on yourself, but you actually have to put uh, actions in place so you've got air to help you when you need it. Um, So for me, I've actually had to take a step back and reflect on what am I putting in place so that when these scenarios happen, I've actually got something to pull on. Wow. And for me, that's actually been fairly powerful because. I'm not because you know, when you're in that moment of burnout, when you're in that moment of feeling like the world's against you and you're actually spiraling, it's actually if you haven't put things in place, you go to grab the help and then you're going, well, the help's not there, one, or two, I actually don't know what to grab. Or how so, to grab. Or how to grab. So, so I, I've really learned through my journey, and, and, and I, that's just why I'm really open in sharing my story and being really raw, that yeah. we actually have to put, put things in place now for those moments before you even get to burnout. 
So start, you know, you know, I was talking to my wife, you know, tonight and, and I'm, you know, she was, she came up with an idea of, look, maybe we actually should schedule some time to do some actual planning for the family and so forth. And, and I love that because I haven't been good at that in the past. So we're actually now going to invest time deliberately um, to put in the air system that we can pull on when needed. Yeah, thanks for sharing that as a very concrete example of how people can, um, as you say, install the oxygen system for themselves, right? Um, And I know you have some tips that you want to share that people listening to this might be able to really step away from this episode and actually have something that they can tangibly do. So please share those with us. Look, the first one, and I mentioned it earlier, is you need to have the right people in your camp. So part of that oxygen system is investing in the right people in your life. And, and, and when I say investing, yes, that means you will support people when they go on their journey, but making sure that you let people speak into your life and not get offended when they say things. You know, have the right people that can be raw and open with you and, and ask you those tough questions about how you're feeling and what's going on and are you okay, and, and, but, but also you know, making sure that you've got deliberate mentors, counsellors, coaches, whatever you want to call them, friends, family, have the right people that you actually invest in that can be there when you need it. Um, As I said before, I ended up having two pastors that were, that pulled me out of the scenario I was in. Um, I had a couple of incredible friends that that were able to, to help me through that journey too. But to, again, from my own lesson learned, I hadn't even told most of my family. My mum and dad had no clue what was going on in my life. You know, my, my, my brothers and sisters had no clue. I bottled everything in. So it was, thankfully, I had find, got put some people in my life that I could talk to, and eventually I learned after I got some help. Um, by opening up, I now have this world. I, I, I look back now, if I had spoken to my parents and my brother in particular, I, I, the journey would have been a hundred times easier because I now they're now supporting me now and helping me and going, hey, every now and then they check out how things and everything's good, but I've I've put that oxygen system in. And I um, want to go back to the point that you mentioned earlier. You know, in your former life when you weren't reaching out to people, you said it was about not showing vulnerability. I'm the man of the house. I have to be strong. And it's sending this message that everything is fine, even when it's not, right? Yeah. So that's part of our programming, especially men. I hear this a lot with men is I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to show vulnerability. I don't want to admit that I'm struggling because that's a sign of weakness. And I think that is such a fallacy, right? We think that being vulnerable means that we're weak because really, we all have ups and downs as human beings. And there is no male, female kind of what you're supposed to be. You just are human and you're going to have all of these waves of ups and downs because, as you mentioned, we have stress in our life, things going on at work, things going on on the home front. You're a dad. You're trying to like balance these two spheres. And so, of course, you're going to have ups and downs. And so when we put on this facade that everything is okay, what we're actually doing is we're making it harder for ourselves. Because if I listen to your story, I think about this man who is working so hard and 
than not getting the support that you deserved for helping all the other people in your life, helping the company, helping the employees, helping like, you know, all these people around you that were coming to you and felt safe with you, but then you don't get anything back. Right. Yeah. It's very isolating. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because there are some key people on my journey that I invested my life to. Um, and if I, I wouldn't change anything, by the way, I, I would do everything I've been through all over again for a number of reasons. I'll share that in a sec, but I invested time into some people and, 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 and killed myself to certain points. And when crisis came, they'd turn their back on me. And it made me realize that you, there is a level of selfishness you need because people aren't going to help you back how you might help them. So it's it's sort of interesting. Not everyone does appreciate all the efforts you put in. Some do. Some are over the moon. But um, but it's it's something. Just probably going to my second tip that you touched on is the stress that I felt. Um, and one thing I've learned is you've got to look at any crises or problems as an opportunity. It's not an insurmountable problem. It's it's an opportunity to 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 be better, to to grow as a person, um, and and it really for me is all about your mindset. And if I look back, that that journey I've been on at the time felt like a crisis, but wow, I look back, I am a different person today, and I believe I'm a far better, stronger greater person i have a better view on responsibility and 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 unfortunately i've still wish my uh some of my family see this but i now see how that has made me stronger in so many ways i also see how i've been able to help so many people on that journey and that's important to me so i wouldn't change any of it but one of the things that helped me through my personal burnout was understanding what stress does for you and we all talk about, and, and, and I'm not saying yourself, but a lot of people will talk about stress being evil and bad, and it's actually a really terrible thing. And um, I watched a video a number of years ago. I think it was Kelly McGonagall. Yes, Kelly McGonagall. Right? Yeah, I, can about, link, I can link to the video in the show notes. I love that video because it's sort of important that um, the short version is if you see that stress is actually giving you the power to be better and to get through any situation. It's actually powering your body. So the extra heart rate that you get, the, the feelings in your body that you get, it's actually giving you a, a supercharge to help you through any scenario. It's not a bad thing. And if we view stress that it's actually uh, a trigger in your body to make you get help, to help you through the scenario, you actually have a, a far better health outcome. Whereas if you view stress as bad, you go, oh, well, with me, and you actually, your health deteriorates. So just by viewing stress differently and understanding that's your body responding to give you a superpower through this scenario, um, just having that different mindset changes what stress does to your body. And it actually, it, it actually helps your heart. It helps increase oxytocin in your body. Just viewing from your mindset stress differently actually makes a difference. So I've actually done that. I actually view problems and stress differently now. And I actually view it with a different lens going, you know what? 
you know, I'm feeling a little tense right now, but that's my body responding to the scenario and it allows me to get through this. So I don't see insurmountable problems anymore. I see this is an opportunity for me to learn. It's an opportunity for me to grow and I'm going to be healthier as, as a result at the end of this. We'll have to say like, there's been such a transformation in you from somebody who didn't share his feelings with anybody to somebody who now is open about your story and who looks like paying attention to your inner experiences and utilizing it in a positive way. Like what an amazing story that is. Thank you. It's, it's, there's been a lot of uh, people on the right camp help to help me get to this point. So, and maybe that then leads to my final tip, which is you are who you are meant to be, right? I think I compared myself to a lot of amazing HR leaders and a lot of leaders and a lot of Christian leaders and a lot of people in my life. And comparison is the thief of joy. I think it was Teddy Roosevelt that said that. And I was trying to be something that wasn't me. And don't get me wrong, there were elements that I think were, but I had this built myself up on this pedestal that I, I need to be this, I need to be super, I need to be just like that person and just like that person. Um, and I forgot that I have some pretty incredible traits myself. Um, and I had to, again, with the right people in my camp, they helped point out to me the parts of me that is incredible. And I don't have to be someone else's image. I don't have to be a stencil of someone else. I'm my own stencil. I, I can. I, I have these gifts. I have these uh, abilities. I have this nature to make a difference in this world as me. And it doesn't matter if I'm a different shape to someone else. It doesn't matter if I have a different mindset to someone else. It doesn't matter if I look different or respond different or have a different job. I am incredible as I am. So I, I think in this world of Instagram and Facebook, everyone needs to learn this lesson that don't compare yourself to others. Just be you. Be the best version of you and make a difference in the world. And I guarantee you, your whole perspective on this world will change. For me, it's, it, it's a game changer. It, it allows you to just flourish and blossom and, and and be the best you can be as you. Yeah, like you're giving yourself permission to just show up as you are as opposed to trying to be like everyone else. And I think this comes full circle to you as that little boy who's seeing dad and then comparing yourself and saying, I have to be like him. He had incredible work ethic. He was an amazing guy. I got to live up to that image. And that's where we get into trouble because we're not listening to ourselves and what's good for us and what makes sense for our circumstances. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in your journey and all of the things that you've learned along the way. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing those with us. And I know that your life has completely transformed outside of this kind of understanding, like in terms yeah. of even what you do nowadays and so forth. So um, if somebody is interested in following you or um, getting in touch or working with you, um, where, where, do, where should they go? 
Look, there's a number of avenues. First of all, uh, you can look me up on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest. Uh, there isn't too many Jamie Get Goods out there. <laughs> it is a very unique last name. So <laughs> that will be fairly easy to find. Um, so that's probably the easiest. But look, either that or you can go to our company webpage, teamrecruit.com um, or staffingvc.com. So we've got parent companies and reach out to one of those avenues and, and that'll get to me. Um, outside of that, I mean, I'm my heart is, is to make a difference in this world. And if I can share my experiences and, 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 and someone who may be on the edge where I was can actually come off the cliff because they've going, you know what, there is support, there is a way to take a, to view this. Uh, I am amazing who I am. And, and if, if that's something that I can support people with, I'm happy to. And there's two other things, right? So when you talked about the the two websites that you mentioned, um, tell us a little bit about the work that you do in those companies. Yeah. So um, for the most part, we're a staffing uh, recruitment firm uh, that supports healthcare and tech across the US. Um, I'm, I'm obviously the chief people officer. Um, so I carry two hats. So, I, so I'm helping obviously with the, 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 the people side of the business. And, you know, we, we've grown from, um, we're only 12 months old, but we've grown from a handful of employees to over 100 employees. We've got huge clients across America. Um, so rapid growth. Um, and we've been helping build that organization. And But the other part of our, our business is just trying to make sure we have incredible, talented people that are, are going out to our clients. Um, so, so part of my role is you know, supporting the, the infrastructure internally. Uh, part of it is, you know, talking to the HR community across America. My CEO is incredible. He he doesn't want us just to be an organisation that recruits incredible talent at a good price. Part of my role is creating a network or or connecting with anyone in the HR world and just offering value to them. So, so sometimes I'm talking to CHROs in, you know, in healthcare and tech, and I, I'm actually not selling. I'm not trying to do anything for staffing VC or team recruit. I'm actually going, well, what's your biggest challenge? And I, I share my experiences uh, from, from General Motors and various parts of my career and just offer support. So I've got this really unique role where I'm really adding value to all of our clients and, and people across America just because that's what we want to be as an organization, um, especially in this really difficult world of talent right now. That, yeah. the, you know, there's, there's terms of the great resignation and, and I don't want to buy into any of that, but it's real. People are moving. It's a really difficult market for talent, especially in healthcare and there's yes. burnout and yes. we, we know how difficult that area is. But we are offering value to our clients in so many other areas I, i've got a, a chro of a huge hospital right now that you know i'm on speed dial that you know they just bounce things off me and, and i'm okay with that i'm happy spending half an hour to an hour just every now and then just going well have you thought about this have you thought about that actually in, when i was at general Mose, we did this so part yeah, so of my you're, you're kind in- of focused on building the relationship and perhaps even mentoring is what it sounds like Absolutely. And it doesn't even have to be for our clients. As, again, our CEO has such a heart to, to, to help, especially in the healthcare and tech space, to help the industries grow because it's a tough market right now. And, you know, we, some, some of the leaders we talk to are struggling 
So, you know, let's help you, you know, the theme of this this podcast, let's help you get through your personal scenarios because then you're going to be a better performer in your business. Amazing. So there was that, and I know there was something else. Um, oh, you talked, so you talked about the staffing. Oh, and the other thing is, I know that you've done a number of keynote speeches and things like that. So if you like Jamie's story, he's also, I think, still available for speaking. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think pre-COVID, I was uh, traveling around the world, Europe, Asia, uh, all over the place doing keynotes, uh, not just on my burnout story, but on, you know, engagement and transition and closure and a whole heap of other topics. Um, but yeah, look, uh, with the world now opening up, I'm starting to get booked again, which is nice. Very cool. Well, I've heard from somebody very close to you <laughs> that okay. you are quite, quite an amazing speaker. Um, so if I may share, I, I really, we connected through your wife, right? Yes. Her and I connected. And then she's like, no, you got to talk to my husband. And then she shared her whole story of how you guys met, which is seeing you speak and then thinking you were so amazing that she asked the program organizer to bring you back the next year. And then here we are today. We're now, you guys are happily married. So what a cool story. Yeah, it's it's funny. She she really managed to get me to do a number of conferences. I've actually done a few now because of people she's known that she just wanted me to connect with. So, yeah, we we met at a conference. Um, I'd like to say I I must have said something right at the at the conference to, to pull her in. So more than once, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> She waited around. Well, listen, Jamie, it's been such an honor having you. Thanks for sharing all of your wisdom that you've learned. And um, also, I think the message that transformation is possible and that just because you have a certain way of being in the world and maybe some beliefs, some habits, that all of it can change. Absolutely. Yeah. No, look, I think, um, as, as I said to you earlier, I would go through the same experience all over again, even though it was difficult and even though I got to some very low moments because now I feel like my purpose has really started to to come out. And now I can share my pain with people and help them circumvent their own. So, And I hear so many people who burn out and who have come out the other side say something very similar. So if you're listening to this and you are in the process of burnout, Just think about that maybe there is something on the other side for you and it's out there waiting. So don't despair, just be patient. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next week.